Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you are. Here is yet another Groovy podcast live from the G3 Summit in Austin, Texas. This time I'm joined with the ever popular Paul King, mm -hmm. one of the core team members. I, I'd say you could argue that you're probably one of the leaders of the Groovy framework. I mean, if not by formal title, then certainly by number of commits. Are you number one in the number of commits now again? I mean, Cedric passed you briefly. No. No, he never did. No, he was catching. He was catching, but uh, <laughs> yeah, Pivotal moved on um, before that happened. So. Yeah, when when Cedric Champo was at Pivotal, he was doing a lot of commits on the Groovy framework. But now he's at Gradle, and uh, they have different priorities. We'll say, you know. Yeah. Uh, but now Paul has always been uh, very active and very dedicated in the, the Groovy framework. I know you uh, are now the second author on Groovy in action. I think you could have argued that. You know, you probably deserve prime placement there, but again, that's just, you know, it is what it is. Dirk, no problem. Dirk and I will have a little rock, paper, scissors or something next time we see each other or something. Exactly. And, you know, I have to, he'll owe you the cup of coffee from the royalties from last, uh, you know. Yeah. We've got to save up a few royalty payments to get that cup of coffee, but we'll get there. Yeah. How's, how's the book doing, by the way? Is I'm it not, actually not, not too bad. Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's, it's, um, Still doing reasonably well. It go, seems to go in spurts. So, you know, after a conference like this, probably a few more mm. uh, get bought up. See what happens. The first edition of that book is still my all-time favorite technical book. I absolutely mm -hmm. love that book. And the second edition, I like what I've read out of it. It's just that I haven't gone through and read the whole thing again. You know, I mean, probably should do that periodically. I remember in the first edition of the book, as I was getting more experience with Groovy, I would figure something out and then I'd go, you know, I wonder if this is a Groovy in action. And of course it was all laid out in there, you know, yeah. uh, but I guess that's how you learn. Um, any rate, we are at the G3 Summit and yesterday evening, you had one of the two keynotes. Yep. Uh, Graham and Graham Roche and, uh, did the keynote for Grails, but you represented Ruby. Guillaume LaForge is not here this week. I think he was committed to another conference somewhere. In He's Europe. there today, I believe. Now, yeah. He, yeah um, in theory, I think he could have been here for the first. You know, six hours or something. Yeah, we had to hop on a flight, so it just wasn't worth uh, hop on one of a series of flights. Yes, it really would have been difficult to get where he's going. Yeah. Um, but I found it very interesting. Um, so you did a lot of discussions about what's going on in Groovy right now, what's mm -hmm. going on in the future, how the whole thing is set up. So if you don't mind, I want to start with the discussion of version numbering. Okay, because this has been very unusual for my experience in the Groovy ecosystem. At the moment, the current release version is 2.13. Yes. Yep, and I updated, you know, updated, so that's all working. But we also have 2.5 versions, which are, I think, in beta now. Mm -hmm. We have a 2.6 version in alpha, and we have a 3.0 version in alpha. Yeah. So can you kind of clarify what are all three of those about? What's the real plan here? What's what's changing? We'll get into the details of the of the changes themselves shortly, but just what about the version numbers? Yeah, so it's a little bit complicated when you first see it. Hmm. And that's understandable. Um, if things had been different, we probably would have had 2.5 out by now. Hmm. And part of the strange set of numbers uh, would would be would be gone but basically 2.5 is our next release and it has things like macros in there it has a whole bunch of well we're going to come back and talk about some yeah of these, sure I guess. um has a whole bunch of additional ast transformations and enhancements to the current transformations and a few other tool support things so it's got all those and um if uh we had all that stuff finished it would be out and people would be using it mm. um but it's been a little bit slower in recent times getting everything finished. Um, we have been testing uh, the 2.5 extensively with things like Spark and things like Grails and a, and a few little uh, hiccups are there and often we'd fix those and you know, we'd, we'd push stuff out and when uh, we had uh, bugs were found, we'd then do the 2.5.1, 2.5.2, but there hasn't been a sort of a huge pressure on us to get 2.5 out. So I've been trying to get all those fixes embedded in 2.5.0. Um, so not, you obviously won't capture everything, but um, 
things like Spock and Grails are very important in the, the Groovy ecosystem, so we might as well get them right as mm. best we can, and then uh, we'll progress stuff. So there was so that's one of the things that we've delayed a little bit hardening up uh, parts of the things that we've so we've done improvements to things like the the, the type inference system and the uh, final variable analysis and other things like that. They're all not really visible to to most people, yeah. but um, because we've tried to make them um, uh, a little bit more um, powerful, they go and check more stuff. And what that means is if we've been a little bit lapse in our early versions of our uh, type checking and people are writing code that is a bit lapsed. And if you get turned all these checks on, stuff starts to, it starts warning you a bit more about those sorts of things. And we, yeah. we didn't want it to be the point that it's going to be so annoying to people that uh, they're going to get turned off. So okay. we've done a lot of work finessing how, how all that uh, occurs and made improvements into that. So that, that's part of it. The other thing is that uh, one of the things, uh, the, the macros and macro method uh, features that are there, they're very powerful features and they kind of give you like global functions that you can do various things with. And whenever you do something that's global, that's, you know, a potential warning sign that okay. this is a very powerful thing and could I be stomping on other people's feet if I, I go in to find a null safe method or a Whatever, if someone else already got already got a null safe method, what's going to happen? And so, mm. um, so there's just been various discussions going on about that. About you know, do we do we like the design as it is now, and or do we need uh, some sort of mechanism so that it's not as global as it? You know, uh, it's not going to bite people in the bum basically when they start using this stuff. So okay. they're the two things that have we've been trying to get right that have been taking a bit of time and so we've had delays. So anyway, that's that's 2.5 and we might come back and talk about some of that. Sure. Um, then no, normally what would happen is we'd then jump to three because what we've done is we've we've got a brand new parser, the Parrot parser that we'll come come back and talk about. Mm. Um, and that would, that would be the next release that we had and it wouldn't look too Normal because we probably wouldn't have any releases of three yet. We'd just, it would just be the master branch, and right. once we got two five out, then we'd start talking about three, and and everyone would would be fine. But because the new parse is there, it's it's going to actually impact um, tool support. So we need IntelliJ and Eclipse people um, to support the new features we've put in the new parser. So that takes time, hmm. and we've got. Lots of projects now in in the uh, Groovy ecosystem. So we've got the Spocks, we've got Grails, we've got um, Jeb, and you know all these uh, all these projects that are using uh, Groovy syntax. You know, does the the new features? We've turned stuff on, we've turned stuff off, we've fixed stuff up. Is any of that going to impact any of those projects? So we wanted to start getting that feedback um, mm. about the, the the new features, and. Um, that's why we put in some alphas out to, just to, to get the ball rolling with those features because we've we've asked people for feedback and haven't got very much yet. And it's not until we put a release out that people mm -hmm. start to scream up and down and say, "You've broken Spock! <laughs> what do you think you're doing? You know, go and fix that." And so we've we've got the alphas out there now. We're starting to get the feedback that we want, and that's why uh, we've stretched things out in that direction. That's three point That's three point Okay. And uh, and and even that. So that would normally not be too much of a stretch having. Having a couple of versions that you you know mm -hmm. uh, an impending one and a future one. Right. Um, then what's happened is that some people have said, "Hey, I really love all this new parrot parser stuff that you're putting in there, but I'm stuck on a JDK seven. Can can you somehow help me?" Mm -hmm. Two point six was introduced as it, look. We're just going to take three. We're going to backport it to JDK seven, and anything that breaks, we'll just switch off and. We'll warning or something no new features nothing else it's just a backported three and, and that's going to be it until you get fully over onto okay i mean the big feature through this big feature of the parser is it supports all the java 8 syntax right Correct. the lambdas that reference all that other. yes and you're saying that you still introduce that with the parser but still have it work on mm -hmm. 1.7 and, and that's there's some some interesting discussion points about how you do that. Yeah. So, so we can support lambdas by making them closures. We right. can support uh, 
interface default methods by making them traits. We can support, right. and we can do all of that in JDK 7 land. Mm. So all this stuff that you, you see in, in, in Java 8, if you're still stuck on Java 7, we can, we can give it all to you. Mm -hmm. But um, you know, at the same time, we might want to support native lambdas and other things as well. So right. how do we, uh, what's, what, what's the best path that's going to keep everybody happy and move us forward? And um, so yeah, so th there's been a lot of things to get right. And then, so that's that's why this is two point six. And okay. so two point six people should just ignore unless you're definitely stuck on JDK seven and you need these new features. We expect not to have the huge downloads on that version of Groovy compared right. to others. But we've got some important users. So, so Gradle itself has mm. a, it is a potential candidate for using two point six if they want to use some of the new features, um, want to support a better uh, Gradle DSL with Groovy in the in the future, for instance. Mm. Um, 2.6 might be a nice candidate for them because they might not have moved on to, to uh, JDK 8 yet. Yeah, many Java projects in the industry are going through that debate now of when to require a minimum JDK of 1.8. Spring Framework just did that with Spring 5. Well, you know, the yeah, Hibernate they're, people they're are all, discussing it. All, yeah. They're all moving. Right. And 2.6 is just an interim measure because we know there's going to be people who haven't moved yet and we want to give them a, a place to stay and safely until such time as they can. Okay. Make the so. Job. The expected path is most people will go to 2.5 once it's released. Correct. And, and then, then eventually to 3. A year later, they'll jump on to 3. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And if they need to, then they've got a way station 2.6. But hopefully 2.6 is just an interim because yep. the underlying infrastructure is the one that's changing. That's right. Yeah. yeah it's the Java part that's yep. changing all that. Okay. Yep. Well, that, that makes a lot of okay. sense. So the only other spanner that's in the works is while we were doing all of this, the whole Java 9 modules. That was my next question. <laughs> that situation came about, which also delayed when we'd have three out and stuff like that as well, because how much of, so at the moment you can run um, Groovy 2.4 all, all the way up to Java uh, on JDK 10. Oh, okay. And it runs fine, but it gives you these annoying warning yeah. messages, which, right. and people are running Groovy in production on, on probably not Java 10 yet, but the, some of them are looking at Java 9. And yeah. Maybe it's not production, but they're looking at it and they get this warning message saying, please go and file a bug report against right. this project. And it's there's, there's no bug inside the the Groovy code at all. There's, there's no, uh, it's a benign warning in the sense of their prod code is not at any risk if they execute it. And if they've got some Groovy code and execute it on JDK 9, it'll do exactly the same, exactly what they intended it to do, what it was doing on, on JDK 8. The warning's all about at some point in the future, maybe JDK 10, maybe JDK 11, some feature will be turned off that we're making use of. Okay. And the, the, you know, Oracle's being a little bit, um, putting their foot down a little bit saying, hey, you better get off those features because we really want to lock those away at, at some point in time. And so these warning messages are coming up um, and uh, that's what that's all about. So it's kind of, Yes, it'd be nice not to have the warning messages now, but um, yeah, we, we've got to get, we've got to progress that stuff forward. And there's quite a few things to work through. So. As part of that process, are you planning to modularize the Groovy JDK or the Groovy libraries the way the JDK has been modularized for nine? So that's all part of the discussion around okay. around around that. And uh, we know there's certain things that we know already. So. Um, so you can go and use JDK 9 and put Groovy in your class path. And okay. apart from these warning messages, everything's going to be fine. Um, if you want to put Groovy onto your module path in the Java right. 9 land, it, it, it's not going to know what the hell it is. It's not, it's not a module. Right. So in the first instance, you'd expect to have a um, maybe a fat Groovy jar or whatever sitting over in module land that people can use. Um, and so we've committed to that we'll at least be supporting that. And um, there's even question marks on what that would look like so that when going further, if we have fine grain modules as well, you don't want to uh, take a first step that's not what you'd want once the fine grain modules are there. So right. there's still a little bit of debate going on about that. And there's, some, and there's work to do to, to make all that happen. Um, but uh, yeah, that's the first instance we're going to be supporting that. And then um, part of the the alpha process with three is to sort out the, the other things that we're going to commit to. That unnamed module system or the automatic module system, I, that was what made Jigsaw so controversial anyway. You know, yeah, how are we going to yeah. handle all that? Um, 
I remember there's a thing in there in Java 9 where you can reserve a name because otherwise if yeah. you don't reserve a name, it becomes the name of the jar file, you know, which is going to change over time. Yeah, yeah. So these are all things that are being discussed. Correct, yeah. Okay, yeah. okay. So we haven't we haven't bothered putting that in just yet. And, and until you've uh, finalized your direction, mm. um, if, you're, if you're a small single uh, jar file that's always ever going to be, it's going to be a single jar, it's a single dependency that gets added, you can make that call fairly easily and right, right. do that up front. It's not going to be controversial. If you're a library that might have fine-grained modules, that, right. and, and and do we have, you know, when, can you write a module in Groovy? So there's a module info.java right. file in sure. Java 9. Can you have a module info.groovy file? Right. Which version is that going to be supported in? And so there's a few more things that um, something like Groovy needs to sort through versus. I'm just glad I'm not making those decisions. You know, uh, that's, that's a lot of stuff to debate. So now, and, and two dot five will not use the parrot parser though, right? Correct. So it's not using the new parser. Correct. But despite that, it's going to have a whole bunch of new features. Yes. Right. So do you want to talk about some of those features uh, that that are coming now? By the way, before we do that, do you have a rough time frame of when you expect two dot five? I mean, are you going to go through? I mean, right now we've got an alpha and a beta. Are there going to be release candidates and then a release? Are there going to be milestones? Do you have any idea how many roughly to expect? You know, I'm looking for a time frame roughly. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'd expect the, to, to probably be one more beta, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm thinking. Okay. If, it's if, if I can get all the features, that, if, if I can make it feature complete yeah, in, okay. in the next couple of weeks. Oh, really? We're that close we'll, to being feature complete? That's yeah. something. Yep. Yeah. Uh, then we'll do a release candidate. Oh. Release candidate one, and I'm not expecting to have a huge number of release candidates. So I'm only expecting to have two or three release candidates. So it, it could be as early as you know early early next year. Probably so, it's likely to be first quarter next year. So January, yeah. February, but maybe it could be. Well, I'm, I'll, if you if you have to, if I have to commit, I'll say first half of next year. Right. Two five <laughs> out. Um, but it may be much earlier if, if there's. So at the moment I'm. Uh, you know, I'm I'm not uh, not keen on having releases out there that break Spark and break Rails. Right, and right, right. So, um, but I'm very close to having all the the main things sorted, I believe. And there's only one other. There's the question on um, the global macro thing that's still a question mark over. Um, and I'll, I'll be writing a couple of extra uh, macros and things, testing out some stuff that I'm wanting to do in that space. Um, and there's one other thing that I've got in mind that uh, I think think is worth adding, but I won't commit to it just yet because sure. uh, I don't know if I'll get time. And then we're done. We're, there's 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 nothing else that we're um, targeting for 2.5. So let's talk about those macro methods. Now we on the podcast we actually talked to uh, Sergey Egorov. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, months ago. You know, mm -hmm. a, a while ago, um, and I'm waiting for the jokes to come pouring in about, yeah, we haven't had podcasts for months, you know, so but whatever. Uh, we I'll talked just, to I'll him. Just get on to that for you. Yeah, exactly. And he tried to explain it to me, and I sort of got it, but not really got it. it. What it looked like was it felt like you were writing code that writes code. It looked like, you know, generating code again, like AST transforms or things like that. Um, what, what are macro methods all about? Well, so let's tease it apart and split out sure. the different bits. Um, first of all, there's a, if you like, there's a new global method called macro. Okay. And uh, it's it's basically a global transform, if you like, and it's like a global method. Okay. And again, that's one of the debates. Do we make it global or do yeah. we put a little hook in there to uh, make it obvious that you've got something like that in play in a particular file? But anyway. Um, so if I put macro and then I put a chunk of Groovy code in there, mm. it actually converts all that Groovy code to the same thing the compiler would convert it to. So I'm actually, by putting the little macro annotation there, I'm jumping from Groovy land into compiler land. So the compiler deals with an abstract syntax tree representing yes. your program. So okay. it's got things, class nodes, and inside your class you've got method nodes and a method, one method might have parameters and some code. That's what you see with the AST browser. The it's AST browser, browser. Okay. yeah. So if I just go macro and put in any Groovy code, magically that's turned into an expression or a statement 
that or a class that represents it's all the things that the compiler sees. So it's sort the class node and the method nodes and all those. So things. it's just like an AST transform, but it's happening at runtime. Is that the idea? I mean, I'm trying to figure out why would you do this rather than just write the code and compile it. You know. Um. So if 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 I want to go and write the two string transform. Okay. Um. Traditionally, what I would do is go and uh, say. Um, I'm implementing a particular interface, so I'm a transform. Mm -hmm. I've got a visit method. I'm going to put something inside the visit method that transforms sure. the AST. Mm -hmm. And the first thing I do is, oh, you've given me a class. I'm going to add a new method called toString to that class. Right. And then I'd do a for loop. So I'd create a, a new method node right. for toString. And I'd say it's a public static whatever. And then I would say, I'd go and, and so I'm, I'm using all these data structures that are in AST land. Right. Um, now what I can do is just go macro and go print line, you know, A plus B or whatever I want to well, put as but if you're gonna, if you're going to do that, why not just write the two in your class? No, what am I missing? I'm missing yeah, something on this. Uh, as a user uh -huh. of the two-string annotation, yeah. you're just going to use it exactly the way you used it before. You won't see, you won't see macro. Macro of the two-string. Oh. And now I can use... Just groovy code when I'm so writing it. You don't have to get down into the low-level details yeah, yeah, of right. how to manipulate the AST. So, so yeah, the, the transform makes the user, groovy user's happy. Macros right. make the groovy uh, writer's okay. life happy. So in other words, it's not something I'm likely to use on a regular basis because I'm not okay. really trying to modify the language. Yeah. That's right. Oh, so okay. It's, so if, if I'm a transform writer, now all of a sudden I've got all the joy and bliss of you, I can just put at immutable and I get all this stuff for free. Yeah, right. I mean, which is wonderful. Now I get all of that when I'm writing my transform. Okay. You I, I mean, I don't have to do all that work anymore. I just put the code and it just gives it to you. Because before it was all builders and, and extending well, existing classes. And so all that stuff. in, in yeah. some ways, it's a direct replacement for AST Builder. Yeah. But AST Builder was, had, had a few things that were a little bit broken. It wasn't reincurrent and a few other things. Mm. This fixes all oh, those. Okay. So it's actually just a new and improved AST Builder. So this is really but, fundamentally changing the the people working on the language, changing your life. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's it's in some sense it's yeah. If you're trying to speak to the IT layman, it's invisible to them. Okay. Mostly, except all, they will see more AST transforms in the next version of Groovy because it's now much easier to write. Right. Right. I mean, it'll it'll open up lots of possibilities once yeah. things get simple. And if you're a framework writer like Rails, ah. you can write these things much more quickly. Yeah, I've never wanted to write an AST transform myself because when you look in the AST browser at some of the existing generated methods like toString, it looks so incredibly tedious to write those things. There's you a know. bit of work there. I mean, it's conceptually not challenging most of the time. Mm. Um, there's some parts of it dealing with generics and some other stuff oh, that, my goodness. that, yeah. that yeah. get hairy. But um, conceptually, if writing a toString method or whatever is not, not too hard to make it very customizable and embed all the best practices for some of these annotations. There's a little bit of thinking, but once it's there, you know, it, it, you just work it through and you, and you get there. But now there'll just be less code you have to write in order to do that. You all see. right, so that's on the, that's one of the changes that's coming in 2.5. Correct. Okay, so what, that, that's oh, not, I'm sorry. That's not the whole picture. So oh. that's such a powerful thing, having that macro uh -huh. and you put code there or whatever. The, that's done as a global transform that's that's, that's going to happen whenever you're running code. And as you're right, in that particular uh, macro, you won't use very often. Mm. But what macro methods do, we probably should call them custom macros or something, oh. we've opened that feature up so that you can go write your own. So you don't have to use macro. You can have, um, there's, you know, null safe or do with data or those, the ones that I showed you, the, the, the during the keynote, during the keynote, uh -huh. you can write those yourself, and so you can you can go and uh, write one of these global things yourself. Again, hopefully, I don't conflict with something that's already there. Or whatever. Well, that, that's yeah. that's why we're sorting that that out. It's the same but, concern you have with runtime metaprogramming too. You don't want to conflict with something that's that already exists, and they start calling it monkey patching, and they're all contemptuous stuff. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So, but it, what it, what it what it means is that um, 
that you can achieve some functionality much, much easier uh, using that mechanism than what you would have had to do before. You'd have to go write your own global transform and it would be inefficient if you had lots of them. And whereas you can just piggyback on this, this mechanism that we're using now for, for macro and you can write your own and piggyback on that and uh, get a whole lot of stuff for free and uh, yeah, have a very, very powerful mechanism. So like Grails has with transaction or with criteria, something like that. Is that the sort of thing that would be naturally a macro method now? So if if you're using apt with transaction or whatever and you can annotate something. Yeah, right. That's the, the ASG transforms might be exactly what you want to do and whoever wrote, wrote that might use macros. Mm -hmm. If you're wanting to like add a language feature where there's no annotations and uh -huh. no whatever, right. that's where these, these macros uh, can okay. shine. So the framework developers are going to be excited about that. So yeah. that's an intermediate level between yeah, the language developers and the users. Yeah. So it's 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 kind of like um, uh, traits is a really powerful thing when you're you know when you're going to be building lots of classes up. The, the macro methods is a really powerful thing for framework writers to bring a whole lot of functionality in there that uh, can be available and so on. Yeah. Interesting. Okay, so at any rate, that the macro methods, that's a big change, and that's coming with 2.5. Yes. Um, that's but there were a whole series of other changes that yeah. are also coming with 2.5. Do you want to comment on any of them? Do you want to take a look at some of them? Or? Yeah, I mean, so I know we can't show any code, but we can talk about some of them anyway. Yeah, so there's um, a whole lot of them, uh, some refinements to the current existing AST transforms. Yeah. So if you're wanting to use the... So what, the, the nice thing about an ASG transform is you get a whole lot of boilerplate code for free. Right, right. But if that boilerplate code doesn't quite do what you want, right, and sometimes you kind of say, oh, Drance, I can't use it. I'm going to go do it all by hand. Exactly, exactly. Now there's, uh, there's a whole lot of cases, uh -huh. a whole lot of scenarios that uh, you used to have to do by hand that uh -huh. um, uh, you can now customize and combine them in better ways and, and so on and so forth. So there's just been a whole raft of improvements there, which will mean much, much less often now you have to go and write stuff yourself. You so that'll be it. tweaking some of the existing AST transforms? There's a few new ones, like Map Constructor and so on like that. Yeah, I noticed yeah. Map Constructor. I mean, I've always kind of thought of Ruby as having a Map Constructor anyway, you mm -hmm. know, or, or as you call it, named argument. Uh, yeah. So what what will be different about having the AST transform? Yeah. So um, first of all, if you're wanting to uh, combine, so the the existing way Groovy does named arguments for both methods and constructors is it'll call the no arg method or the no arg constructor, right. followed by setters, basically. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Um, Boy, so, a light bulb went off the first time I hit that. So yeah, 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 yeah. And it all happens under the covers, so you don't conceptually you don't even need to worry that that's what's happening. Right. But what if uh, what if I want to put final meth final fields inside my my class? Oh, then I got a problem. Yeah, because I'm calling the noar constructor. It sets everything to null or whatever, and then I'm right. going to call my setters, and it's going to say, "No, you can't call can't that. Do it's that, a final right? thing." Mm -hmm. And so there's there's times when you'd uh, like to have the named argument looking style but you want to have final or whatever or you want to combine you've got a, a top constructor there and no noah constructor um, or you oh, need, now you got a problem yeah or, or you need a you need you can't have a noah constructor because um you want to do dependency injection and you need something like this so there's a whole lot of cases that crop up mm. and, and in the past you've had to say oh okay i can't use all this fancy stuff i'm gonna have to go back and write stuff myself by hand now by mixing Tuple and map and various switches on the on them. You can get a whole range of those scenarios covered and get everything generated for free. That also probably puts the map constructor in the bytecode, so you can call it from Java too. Correct. If you need to do Java integration, that's another scenario. Okay, it's a very useful thing to have. So, any other new AST transforms that look interesting? Um, there is a couple more. There's an auto implement and auto final and things like that. Yes. Um, Auto final is probably a, a one that's e easy to explain. So a lot of people, there's there's always been a debate over should I put final everywhere from all my parameters. The people so do immutable everything, you know. I, yeah, you can yeah. always tell somebody who's worked with or written about uh, concurrency because they wind up scattering final throughout their code. You know, they don't want you to override anything. They don't want you to, yep. to change anything. Yeah. So this is a step toward immutable objects, really. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, it's it's a 
slightly contentious thing whether you put finals everywhere or not. Yeah, because, I never liked it myself. Well, it's, I have, we had this debate in many of the agile teams that I used to work with. And, right. and on the plus side, yeah, put, putting finals everywhere sort of locks everything down yeah. and what, what have you. Um, but then do you do it in your test methods as well? And then do Ooh. you do it, you know, so it just, it, the, the, once you open the can of worms, you have to do it absolutely everywhere. And what, what about it? I mean, you if know? you want to code in Kotlin, go ahead and code in Kotlin. And look what problems that enters them into, right? And they had to have Spring go in and open up all those Kotlin classes because you can't generate a proxy because you couldn't override anything, yeah. you know? So, I mean, I get final variables, but final methods, I mean, I don't know what usage everybody's going to make of a method I write. I, I prefer to have the freedom. But at least this way, you could say you can apply a, an AST transform and therefore apply final, and everybody will know it. Yeah. Well, the flip side, the flip side is that, um, hey, I'm writing, I'm writing test methods or whatever. Um, I'm the only one who's ever going to be using these. Mm. Uh, get rid of all that noise, right. and, and who cares if it's not immutable or whatever? It's right. It's only going to be used for this one, running this one test suite, and what have you. The, the nice thing about auto final is, is it, it uh, can put convention like that in place across the whole. Uh, you know, whole class or whatever it might be, that, what level that you want to apply it on, but without all the noise. And so that goes both on methods and on the class, and on on. attributes, I assume as well, or or not. Um, I'm not sure what that would even mean. You can put it on closures, and it'll actually put final on all the closures parameter methods. Closures, um, put it on a closure. Uh, if you've got a field that points to a closure, for yeah, instance, yeah. in your class. Uh -huh. Then you can just make that final, and all of a sudden, all the parameters on the closure will be final as well. That's different. I mean, I remember in Grails years ago, uh, all the controller actions were closures. They weren't methods yet, mm -hmm. and that ran into the problem of the uh, AOP stuff that you couldn't wrap a transaction around a field mm -hmm. because okay. Spring only dealt yeah, yeah. with yeah, yeah, it would only advise methods. You know, yeah. uh, I mean, Aspect J could, but Spring didn't do that. Spring only, so they mm -hmm. had to go to methods for that, if I remember it correctly. But now you're saying if you put auto final on a field that's assigned to a closure, it makes the parameters of the closure final. Correct. Isn't that interesting? Okay. So, anyway, so and we, we could extend that to other things if we wanted to, but at the moment it does class level, method level, and okay. that particular case as well. So. Wow. So what? any other ones that you wanted to comment on? Um, or should we go on to other features, whatever you like? Yeah, we can go on to other features. There's okay. some slight improvements to Groovy Shell. There's some improvements to some other tooling things like documentation. So in current versions of Groovy, the when you're running Groovy Doc and things like that, we the current parser throws away all, all, all comments and stuff like that. Right. Whereas now, well, actually, that's that part's in the, the, the parent parser. But there's some, there's some uh, documentation improvements um, in 2.5 and then more in Parrot. So yeah, that part is actually well, let, Let's start parser. moving to the Parrot parser then and, and all the new features that are going to be out there yeah, in, in yeah. 3, right? Yes. Uh, and 2.6 for the people who can't do 3 or whatever. That's right. Yeah. So what do you want to start with on that? Um, well, the first thing was, and so Groovy's always tried to be, uh, provide sort of parity with, with Java. You know, right. We, we want to have all the things that Java's got plus the, the, the bonus, you know, bells and whistles. Right, right. And with... You know, recent well, some things that we just never supported, like do while loop. That um, <laughs> that cracks me up. I always, yeah. whenever I'm teaching a Ruby class, I always say, you know, you can take ninety percent of Java files and rename them dot Ruby. This is before Java eight came along, of course, mm -hmm. and it would automatically compile without a problem. And I said, you know what, the giant exception to that is, and I would point out the do while loop, yeah. which I always thought was really funny that that's where they drew the line. You know, now I yeah. get it; it's because you've got do with a closure, and what are you going to do with that? Yeah. But now, at long last. Yep, you've got do while loops and groovy. I can't think of the last time I wrote one, but okay. Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> um, in fact, that's actually one of the. If you go and look at look up macro methods, you'll see a do while trans oh, transform figures. basically. So you can actually do do while outside parrot parser as well by using the macro mechanism. I had anyway, no idea. Anyway, um, if you if you're wanting to look up a first macro, that's a nice one to go look at because it's intuitive what it's doing. You know, a while loop does something um, until some condition. A do while does it at least once, and then does Checks it at the bottom condition. Right. So, yes. you, if you was going to go write that by hand, I know exactly what I'd be doing, mm -hmm. and go look at the macro. And oh, lo and behold, it does exactly the way you do it by hand. And that's funny, and it transforms it so that it's basically a while loop. It is a while loop that runs once. Yeah. So yeah. the body is. <laughs> 
a closure, like the, exactly the thing that you were talking about before, and it just runs a closure once and then runs it in a while loop. I never knew there was an AST transform for that. You know, I, I it's not an AST transform; it's a macro. The, the, oh, the, the that'll new... be part of the macro. So there no, is no, 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 it's, one. it's, it's oh, an okay. example one. It's not built. We haven't okay. incorporated it into Ruby. All right, I'm got... glad I didn't miss that because that would have been funny. So okay. <laughs> Yeah, it's, but, it, but it's been there for like two years. So you've had two whiles for two years. Yeah, you have no idea. Only if you used the... There's so much code I would have rewritten. Well, no, there's nothing I would have rewritten, <laughs> but anyway. Um, and there's a few other things that fall into that same category. So the classic for loop in Java, initially we didn't even support, I don't think, the, I remember the that. initial one. That's but then right. when we supported it, we kind of covered the simple cases. So normally you'll have for x equals String dot size, uh, string dot length, or whatever mm -hmm. x minus minus yeah, until right. what you know, uh, well x, until x is zero, x minus minus, or whatever right, it's going right, to be. Right. But in fact, you can put a comma in the left hand side and the right, maybe all three, well, maybe in all three places. Um, and we've, we now support that as well. So, so you can so declare so, multiple variables. You can change them yeah. both in the increments. Isn't that interesting? Okay. Yeah. So so uh, Java's always had that. Yeah. And now we've just supported that as well. Again, there's nicer ways to do it in Groovy, and we'd encourage you to do it in a nicer way. But yeah. if you if you want to do the cut and paste from Java, or you're happy with that particular thing, then it's there. Okay. And there's a, so there's a, there's several things like that. Um, and, and in fact, uh, array initialization is another one of the things that yeah, that was always a problem because you couldn't. I mean, it looked like a closure. You couldn't use your curly braces like that. That's right. Yeah. But, but in fact, there's. Uh, Many scenarios where you, you're always going to have a type in front of it, yes. for, and, and that's the ones that we now support. So it doesn't cover all cases because uh, Java would also let you have um, an array initializer over on the right hand side without a type as long as right. it's typed on the left hand side. So that's so that, not going to work. That's right. still not supported. But you can go new string, square bracket, braces, and Correct. a bunch of strings. And okay. so that exact Java syntax, which is the most common. Yeah. Um, that's that's now supported. So that's so okay. just knocking off all the things if you're coming from the Java world that you might find a bit foreign, mm. less of those to explain to people. So okay. knock all those off and yes, we do everything, we do it all. Right. right. Um, as part of doing that, we've actually improved multiple assignment in so in Groovy you can have round brackets with variables x comma y and equals a list or something. Oh yeah, right? the multiple which you rarely see. I mean, but yeah, I remember we it was should, a big deal. When it's it was released. it's basically Groovy's uh, poor man's answer to tuples, right. tuple types and things. And so it's actually a very powerful mechanism. We should use it yeah, more, right? Because if you if you have a uh, any method call that might be returning a list of things, you know, mm -hmm. then you can just equate all the parts and it does your deconstruction automatically as part of the assignment. So yeah, that's, I used to that's use it when I was parsing CSV data or something, and you just yeah. assign it to a, a, oh, exactly. a list. Of yeah, yeah. yeah, it was really convenient. Yeah. Uh, that was I used to use that with the Google Geocoder because you could ask for a CSV type, yeah. and you get back like the 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 HTTP the status long, code and something, and then latitude, latitude, longitude, longitude at the end. Yeah, yeah. And you only wanted the ones at the end, and that was an easy way to do it. And then they removed that, so I stopped using it. But oh, that was like 1.6 or something. That, that so, so that's supported, but now you can do that inside a for loop. Uh -huh. There you go. Okay. So we didn't right. support that before. So prove that as well. So that, that's a nice one to have. Okay. Um, some big ticket items. Right. Lambda. Right. So um, Java 8 had a nice syntax that actually was getting much, much closer to Groovy's conciseness and whatever. Right, but not but the slight, same. But slightly different. Yes. And uh, now you can use that syntax as well. So okay. that, that's really neat. So if you're coming from the Java 8 world and you're moving into Groovy, you can bring all your Lambda uh, skills with you and bring, bring all that across. Yeah, I mean, you've always been able to, or seemingly always, since Java 8 came out, you could use the methods in the, I mean, because of course, the biggest thing about Java eight is that they don't actually have a class called Lambda, you know, or an interface yeah. called Lambda, anything like that. So they yeah. use those it's functional interfaces. Correct. That's and right. we could always provide a closure where they expected a Lambda when you assign to a right. functional interface. So I've been using the API for years in Java, you know, and what people would yeah. say to me, well, what about lazy streams? You know, we Groovy, we do, you know, and each method right on the the collection. You know, and that in Java you could change it to a stream and then short circuit and everything. I said, you want to do streams, just do streams. Just, just do call stream. dot stream and do for each. You know, whatever. You know, yeah. 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 So, and, but and, now and, we're and actually going to have mix and match. So yeah, well, now you mix and match sounds dangerous, but okay. Well, yeah. <laughs> um, 
now you've got the lambda syntax supported. Right. We don't at the moment emit native lambda under the covers. When you when you write the lambda expression, we just convert it to a closure under the covers. So it's that, funny because so again in, in Kotlin they converted it to an anonymous center class because they support Java one point six. Yeah. Okay. You know, but here we're going to convert to a lamp, to a closure. Correct. Okay. All right. So then, and, and there's still still ongoing debate about um, native lambda support as well. So. Okay. Okay. So that's that's there. It's in the pipeline of things to. And in two point six, presumably they're going to have to convert to whatever one point seven will support. But in three zero, eventually it'll be native lambda support. I'm not saying that. I'm saying by 3.0, we'll have worked out what our strategy is. We, oh, so okay. we, we may end up just going to closures and saying, if you want to do a native Lambda support, you'll have to use this annotation or you'll have to, you know, there might be another way to to get your native Lambda support. We, we have to finalize the design. Because we don't have the effectively final like they do in Java. You can oh, no, modify no, no, it. No, a, no, a no that's, that's not the issue. It's um, uh, basically... If we so what we've done at the moment is use the syntax of Java eight, right. mapped it onto Groovy Seven's closures. Sure. Now there'll be times when a lambda, a native lambda equivalent of that syntax will be much more efficient than okay. a closure version because closures got uh, uh, more overhead. It's right. heavyweight. It's more flexible thing, but right. it's, it's a more heavyweight thing. Right. And if you don't want, you want to have the a native lambda for efficiency. Then you want to use, still want to use the lambda syntax, but you don't want the bytecode that gets generated to be, have closures in it. You want to have the same stuff that Java eight would, would produce. So that's subtle, but that's a hard problem. So you'll have to decide how you're going to handle that. That's for, that's one of the things. That's yeah. a, again one of the reasons why three is not out yet because right, we're right. finalizing these sorts of issues. But you also have method references now in in that's Groovy. We've always on. had the the dot ampersand. Correct. Yeah. But you rarely see it. Uh, or at least I rarely see it. I don't see people using it very much we, because it's so easy to write a closure. I mean, you can just write curly braces it, you know, whereas in Java, it's more complicated. But in um, in Java, you get lots and lots of code that uses method reference syntax because that tends to be simpler than the corresponding lambda. Um, yeah. You know. Yeah, there's, there's, I can see why both are useful and I can see why Java's certainly supported them. And now we've got that syntax as well. Is so. that going to basically be converted to the dot ampersand approach, or is that the first idea, and then you start tweaking? Or? It's um, it's converted to closure methods. Oh, which okay. are the same thing as the ampersand, but it's not. Um, so there's you've got to go through all the different cases of static and instance and whatever else, okay. and they all map to something sensible. Um, but whether we'd uh, need to do anything different, we, ha we haven't decided for that one yet. So those are two big things. Now also in Java 8, what the other things they added were default methods and interfaces and mm -hmm. static methods and interfaces. Yep. And we're going to have that now too, presumably? Um, default methods and interfaces, yes. I'll have to check on the static. I'm not sure whether we've got that well, but eventually, finalized yet. Well, that's the goal is to have that as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the default methods we, I we've done. We were doing some experimentation. I just can't remember how far we got. So I'll have to double check. Well, the default methods interfaces you mentioned, I think that use traits for that. Correct. Yeah, we map that directly onto traits. Which that makes sense. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so there's the basic capabilities of Java eight. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else that would be in Java eight that has not already supported in Groovy. I can't think of anything. So what else is coming in Groovy itself? Yeah, um, because we've got the new parser there, there's a whole lot of little things that we've wanted for a while that we uh -huh. can uh, we can slot in. Um, so there's some new operators. There's uh, not in, not, not in, in, yes, yeah, not <laughs> inst not instance of. There's an identity operator and not identical uh, operator. So instead of calling is, so Groovy, yeah, right, because I've always called the is method because the equals method or dot or equals equals uh, delegated to I shouldn't say delegated, but equals equals operator called the dot equals method. Yeah, so so right. Groovy uh, stole hi hijacked the equals equals uh, symbol in, in Java and said, look, 80% and 90% of the time, yeah. people are wanting to compare things, equality at the sort of domain yeah, they level. Equivalence, right. they, they want equivalence, right? They want Yeah, exactly. And so let's let's make the 80% case have the nice, simple, pretty syntax. Sure. And the sometimes you do want to compare identity. Let's make that one the ugly one that takes a bit more to to, to, uh, to, to and pass. And now we have a... Now there's an operator for that as well. So. Which is... 
triple equals 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 or not <laughs> equals equals so which you, makes it look like javascript again and that's not well, an association yeah. you want but i get it i mean that, that really yeah, yeah. makes a, it it's perfectly we, we, appropriate we actually did have that is an operator in a very early version of Groovy, and really got rid of it because we didn't want to confuse people. You know, if they're on a uh, reading the code on their mobile phone and there's yeah. a equals equals or a triple equals, and they're getting a slightly older eyes like mine, and they're reading, it, so <laughs> is that a identical? Yeah, you know, so we, we didn't want to confuse people, but, but yeah, I can just magnify. So that's now the is method, basically, and that you can still use is, but yeah, and not equals equals is the. Opposite just the opposite of that. Okay, yeah. cute. So that's that's nice. Okay. There's a Elvis assignment operator. Right. So if you remember the uh, Java's got a ternary operator, and right. Groovy obviously supports that as well. And what the Elvis operator did was shrunk that down. Right. So basically, if one side of that was null or if it satisfied the Groovy, groovy truth, truth, yeah, yeah, yeah. then um, you get you get the value if it did satisfy. Otherwise, you get a default basically. Right. Basically. So um, one of the uh, use cases where you use that is you'd say some variable equals the variable Elvis operator, some default. Right, right. Yeah, and so then if you've already gone and reset set the variable up, yeah, right. then you get it, otherwise you get the default. Now you can do a question, question mark, mark equals. <laughs> yeah, question mark equals, and we'll do all that in even shorter. So we've, we've shrunk the shrunk and- uh, Which really shrunk. needs a name. I, I don't know what it's gonna be. I mean, we just call it Elvis assignment, but you know, We'll see if somebody comes up with something clever on that. Yeah, okay, yeah. so that's coming too. Yep. Okay. And uh, safe indexing is another one that's nice. So the safe navigation operator right. lets you do a question mark in front of your dot. Right. And then if you're the, the thing on the left-hand side, your receiver is null, then the whole expression becomes null. But yes. that never worked for, if you're if I'm looking up a, what if I want, I want to look up, if I'm looking up a, uh, an array wanting to pull an index out or a map and trying to get a uh, the uh, value for a particular key, then I had to manually test if is the key null or is is the uh, the map null or is the you know yeah because you were always allowed to put null keys in a map which has really caused all raft of problems. Yeah, well, it's more more the case if the map is null. In, oh, so the map I'm, is null. Yeah, oh, yeah. so or, that's what this. Or if be. I'm trying to get the fourth element of a list and the list is null. Oh. So there was no way to have a shorthand for that. You can't question mark anything. Oh, so now you can okay. put a, a question mark in front of your square brackets, square brackets oh. and it'll say, well, if, if I'm trying to get the fourth element of the null list and I've got the safe index there, it'll become null. So yeah. you're calling that safe index because you're doing on the index. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. Very and similarly, if I'm, if I'm trying to get a term out of a map and the map is null, then we're just going to, gets coalesced to null. In terms of your cool. Typing, yeah. Um, another thing that um, Java, I think seven introduced, seven, yeah, was the ARM syntax, the try with resources, try with yeah, yeah, automatic resource management. Is that what it was called? I never knew it had a name. Okay, I always just called it try with resources. Yeah, so it's it's ARM um, automatic resource management. Okay, I'm pretty sure it was. The, it just it mean, meant you didn't have to write a finally block, but your your object had to implement auto closable. Yes, to work. And so there was a special syntax where you'd include the things that you want to be able to close yeah. in round brackets and, and right. so on and so forth. In front of the try block. Yep. Yeah. So so Groovy's got usually a much nicer way to handle these things. It's got special things that deal with exactly this scenario. Yeah. Um, so usually there's a more compact way to do it in native Groovy land. So we, it was kind of a feature that there was no burning urge to satisfy. But again, in the interests of Cut and paste from Java, and it's going to work. Yeah, right, right. And it's supported as well. So if you if you like the ARM syntax, you can support that, or there'll probably be a more compact syntax you can also use. So in other words, it'll be supported but not idiomatic. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, the, I can't think of any scenario where you'd prefer that over Groovy's style. Then no. maybe when you're doing type checking, maybe we can. I haven't thought it through, but there might be some scenarios where. You get a little bit of value add from putting in that extra noise, but uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> I mean, Groovy I think always we can had probably like, for most things. But. Like when you when you're dealing with data in a file, Groovy always had an automatic way to close the file. You did a with method or something like that. Yeah. You so know, with stream, with stream, with right? Reader, exactly, whatever. and with reader, right? And that took yeah. care of closing it automatically. But that was instead of the try with resources, and now we have the try with resources. As so, well. so you can do you can do both. Okay. So, 
yeah, I, I don't know whether there might be a small number of scenarios if, you, if you've got um, compile static on or type checking on where you might get some benefit, but I can't, I can't think of one right now. But, yeah, okay. But yeah, certainly. Um, some other little ones as well that people, again, probably a little bit obscure, but if you're cutting and pasting it, you might get there. Um, one of them is nested blocks. Mm. So in Java, I can just, anywhere I want, I can just open a new block and have code inside it. And then inside that block, I can put another nested block. It's just like, wow. And it's equivalent to getting rid of all the blocks, except you've got different scoping mechanisms inside each one. Right. So inside one block, I could def define a variable X and increment it or whatever I want to do. And then in the next block along, I can also define a variable X and it could be a different type and use it and whatever it's else. Job and, security or whatever you're making it so that nobody can maintain your code, but you or whatever. Perhaps, I mean, perhaps what a mess. <laughs> obfuscation or, or yeah. some, some sort of kind. But it oh, is well, legal. no, yeah, and and there there are kind of obscure cases that you see every now and then. You say, oh, I, I kind of get what they why they did it here and what have you. But again, very rare. But if you want it, we'll we've got that uh, ticked off as well, just to support okay. everything. So one, um, yeah, interface default methods. We've we've right. talked about that one. Mm -hmm. This is the uh, yeah the the um, things that I was starting to talk about before a little bit early. Mm -hmm. um, the comments in your Groovy source code are now captured and embedded in the metadata. So if you're writing an AST transform or you know back at that level, mm. all that stuff's there. You can look inside. Okay. And so what I can do is. Any, whenever I see some Java doc comments, mm -hmm. I could look inside that and say, yeah, is, is Ken the author of this method? <laughs> if Ken's the author, I'm not going to compile it up. Yeah, right. Now you wouldn't want to Whereas do that. Whereas if Jeff, Jeff is the author, then we'll, sure. we'll compile that one up and, Absolutely. and it'll be fine. So if you wanted to, <laughs> that information's there. And um, So it's adding the, the comments to the AST, to the, that's, that's the right. syntax tree. Okay. Yeah. And what that'll allow us to rejig our tooling and Groovy doc tooling and other stuff like that to, to be a, quite a bit smarter. Okay. And um, as well as that, there's a way to actually embed the documentation into the class file itself. Well, that should help the IDE people. So think. it's, yeah, if, if you look at some other languages in, in the, the Python world and places like that, they have... Oh, is that how they do it? They frequently do that rather than having the sort of separate Java doc page that you go and visit. It's embedded in there, and then in, when you're inside your uh, Ruby ID or whatever, you can say, or or from the language, mm. you can just say, "Show me the help for the this class that oh, I'm okay. using." And, and uh, it'll, yeah, so th so you'll have that as an option. Again, you don't necessarily want to. Maybe you you want to have classes in minimum compact form for your mobile phones or whatever. You what might not include your volu voluminous documentation that we all write. I mean, all the, the time. world has really changed, hasn't it? That even that bringing that up as an option anymore, you know, except we all do that now. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So we got the Groovy doc embedded. Uh, anything else? The only other thing that I think is uh, worth mentioning is some uh, annotations can be in more places. Again, this is oh. part, this is part catch up to, uh, Groovy, but it opens up some really interesting possibilities for uh, this part catch up to Java, but it opens up some interesting possibilities for Groovy that aren't available to you in Java. Huh. So what if some, uh, I'm not sure if anyone will have seen it, but what, one of the things that, and you can do this in um, Java 8, has most of what I'm going to be talking about in it. So you can declare something to be like a non-null whatever, but that non-null can now appear like on a generics type. Oh, right. Like you that. showed that. That looks so bizarre. That actually inside the angle brackets where you're declaring yeah, yeah, the type, yeah. you put an at not null in front of it. Yeah, or I can not. say, is this variable D an instance of a read-only date and things like that. Right. So there's more, <laughs> more places where you can put annotations now from a language point of view. And um, Java opened it up a little while ago, mm. thing, in, thing in eight, and maybe nine might have extended. I'll have to go back okay. and check. Um, but now we've done that as well. And we've got some of it even put, got into 2.4. There's more of it in 2.5 and mm -hmm. more of it will be in 2.6. The new parser actually gave us the freedom to put it in all the places that we want it. And that's in there and mostly turned on. But the nice thing in the Groovy world is it's going to be all, all of that's going to be available to macros and to AST transforms. So you can do, if you think of uh, a Grail scenario or whatever, and you wanted to do validation of your data, right. there's now more powerful ways to Okay. Just 
get all the things you might want um, spelt out in, in, in various forms in a declarative way. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So now one thing you were telling me, because I had to ask, I always collect the history of these things, is I was wondering why in the world it was called Parrot, you know? Yep. And there's a story with that, right? Yes, yes. So um, the actual, the new parser actually started off as a little Google Summer of Code project. Right. So we were all bit busy getting out the, you know, probably 2.2 or whatever it was at, right. the, at the time. We were all heads down, getting this stuff out, having new features, whatever it was. And we'd been wanting to do a new parser for ages. And, you know, and the 2.7, I, I think, has kind of not been touched for like five years almost by, by the, um, the authors. And okay. let's get on to Antler 3, and we never got around to it. And then Antler 4 came out, and we thought, oh, this is getting embarrassing. We're starting to fall behind. Let's, let's get a student or someone uh, looking at this because we're kind of all busy. Mm. And the student started it and uh, started making progress. And they say, yeah, I've got out in the full working. What, what, what's my requirement? What am I supposed to be doing for this project? And mm. we said, oh, we want you to build a parrot. So <laughs> what it should be doing is echoing everything. So we want you to feed some source, some groovy source code into the old parser and the new parser. And the output of the new parser better be an exact echo of the output of the old parser. And that's all you need to do. Once you do that, your job's finished. Really? Once you've built the parrot, you're done. You know, that's your project done. And then that's how the whole thing started. That's how it all started. And so we, we did that. And initially, um, they did exactly that, but it only worked on a subset of Groovy. Okay. And then they started fleshing it out. And then we had a, some other people work on it and flesh it out some more until it was, we had full subsets. So they went feeding all of uh, all of Grails, all of Spock, all oh, of Grail, right. all of Jeb, all of, you know, think of your favorite project, Rat Pack, where they fed the whole Groovy source code, all the big chunks of Groovy source code from all these projects. We should mention Griffin too, because otherwise oh, Andre yeah. Salmi Ray won't be happy with it. Yeah. I'm sure they would have fed Griffin. Assuming he listens, I don't know. But yeah. Okay, so that too. So uh, mm -hmm. that's where Daniel's son has spent a lot of time. Yeah, well, he, he then he came on the scene just as okay. we got up to the point where um, well, he might have helped finishing that off. I, I can't remember the exact history, but mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's when he came on the scene. He's just uh, gone leaps and bounds in yeah. terms of actually. So, so at that point, we've got spitting out an AST that's identical, but it's still not plumbed in. Right. Mm. So we've now just got an outlet for parts that are sitting there in the wild that can produce AST, but it's mm -hmm. not plugged into anything. Okay. And so Daniel came along plugged it all into everything, has okay. added most of the enhancements that we've just talked about. Right. Went tweaked, tweaked it all, improved it. I, I see things on Twitter like, okay, you could do not in now, you know, that sort of thing. So, yeah. uh, okay, so that is all going to be bundled into 3.0, okay, yes. which again is going to be out sometime next year, that's, that's you know, the presumably. That's the uh, we don't know when, and between 3.0 and 2.5 or whatever, that's, that's the future for the user community. Mm -hmm. And we'll, I'm sure we'll want to talk to you again when, you know, probably both of these will be out by the time we hit next year's conference, you know. Yeah, we'll, we'll have, it, uh, three might not be out, but we'll have the release candidates. And, and then we'll be able to see what decisions were made. It'll and where be feature things... complete and there'll be, some stuff would have been pushed off to three point whatever. Yeah, right, right, right. I'll right. tell you which, what, what, what made the cut, what didn't. So just one global thing. Uh, these days you are spending at least half time, right? Working for OCI. Yes, yes. So I assume they keep you busy with groovy things that are related to Grail somehow, or at least Grails is a priority in there somewhere. Um, they 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 give me a lot of freedom to do what whatever's best for for groovy to some extent. Okay. But um, obviously it's it's it, Grails is one of the big users of Groovy, so it makes yeah. sense that I'm spending a bit of time sure. making sure that Grails doesn't break when we go and add all these bells and whistles into the language. You'd, you'd hope that the big frameworks like like Grails, yeah, like Spark, don't break when we go and do these things. So it makes sense to be looking So at they've those. been good to you, you're happy there, things mm, are working mm, out. That, that's good to It's great to have their support. They're, I mean, this is your chance to trash your employer in front of a whole audience here. No, 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 not at all. No, not probably at all. not a good thing now, right? <laughs> Come right down to it, right? No, no. I mean, if you look at, um, yeah, you know, if you look at where their heart is, they've been in open source the, oh, whole, yeah. the whole time, and this is the exact area that they know that 
with these kind of technologies, they can help their customers do productive work. And they've been a major presence at this conference, you know. At all the Groovy conferences. Yeah, at all for, the Groovy conferences. For quite a, quite a while now. So. I think there'll even be a Rich Web next week and, and yeah. several yeah. others. So that, that's yeah. been very helpful to all of us. In that yeah, for sure. For so sure. that's good. Um, anything else you wanted to mention or bring up or what have you? No, How are things I down under, you know? Things are good. Things yeah. are good. We're, we're, uh, you know, we... We don't have uh, your politicians. We've, oh, got our, we've got our own politicians that we've grown and moan about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our own sporting catastrophes and, right. and teams that win and all the rest. So we, we're all having fun. And Someday I'd love to come down and visit there. It's just, it, you'd have to spend a lot of time because you don't, they say you don't really know jet lag until you cross the international date line. And, you know, I mean, I've been to India, but even that's not as far away as Oz. So. You know, yeah, it'd be quite a trip down there. Yep. You know? okay. So you've got, when are you headed home? Tomorrow night. So okay. straight after the last session, I'm just straight to the airport. And where do you go through? Um, I go from here to LA, LA to Brisbane. So it's not too bad. LA to Brisbane, holy mackerel. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate your, your being with us this time. Mm -hmm. I, I always look forward to talking to you. I'm really glad you were able to come up here for this one. Yep. And good luck with all the changes and the commits that are happening. You know, and Thanks very much, Ken. Talk to you soon. Glad for all your efforts that you put in keeping the uh, podcast going and uh, <laughs> such as it is. And so, on. so thanks very much. Hey, thank you. I mean.